Welcome to Becoming Legendary, a podcast from Vitality, where we talk to people from all over the world about their adventures, about their paths, their journeys towards becoming legends. This week, we had the amazing opportunity to talk with the central figures of the Vitality Nerve Center, Jenny and Haley. Um, this is a really fun conversation for me. These are two people that uh, I learn lessons from every single day, and I love both of them. So enjoy, and without further ado, Becoming Legendary with Jenny and Haley. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you legend and become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one Your percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. All right, Jenny and Haley, welcome to becoming legendary. And then you guys go woohoo. Um, thanks, thanks for coming on. Uh, I started every podcast by asking you what your typical day is like. So Haley, let's start with you. <laughs> oh, my typical day always starts with coffee. I have to have coffee. Like every good day. Every good day always begins with coffee. And then I usually work, I teach, I move my body. <laughs> A little bit, get my own practice in, I try to. Um, And yeah, my days consist of teaching mostly. That's what I do for a living. So I teach a lot of classes and I love it. Yeah, yeah. cool. Jenny? A typical day for me starts with animal cuddles, uh, for sure. I feel like Like every good day. Yes, every good day. (laughs) I don't get out of bed until I give my dog some love and... Then I gotta go to the guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, coffee for me too. Coffee's a big thing, even if I don't finish it. I feel like it's just part of my routine. Um, I don't necessarily drink it to wake up. I just like enjoy that kind of 20 to 30 minutes I give myself to really kind of wake up and just breathe. Um, and then I try to do some yoga. Or if I'm not doing yoga, just kind of move and get things going. Um, spend a lot of time working at Vitality, which I love, and just interacting with new people every single day, um, and then just stuff in between, hanging out with friends, family, writing, uh, painting, every day is a little different. Cool. <laughs> cool. So since coffee was the common denominator <laughs> for all of us, because I'm drinking a coffee right now, um, let's talk a little bit about coffee. So, do either of you remember when you first found an appreciation for coffee? Because generally that takes mm. some, some acquiring. Mm. That's oh, true. Yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> okay. It was a huge moment for me. Because <laughs> I always hated coffee, and I hated the smell of coffee, and I hated mm. the culture of coffee because I felt like people were just so about coffee, okay. and I was not. So it was just like a disconnect for me because everybody always was like, you want to go get coffee? And I was like, no, I don't drink 
coffee. You know what I mean? So I felt like an outsider in this like coffee <laughs> world. And then I had one of my first jobs when I was like 18 and I had to get up early and I was like managing this childcare facility and it was so exhausting. And I went to a Starbucks and I ordered <laughs> the worst drink you could order. Oh mm. my God. You know, like a venti, like sweet latte of some sort. <laughs> and I drank the whole thing, you guys. And I felt on top <laughs> of the world. <laughs> I had so much energy. I was like, what have I been missing out on my mm. whole life? I was sweating profusely (laughs) but I was jazzed and I had like the best shift of work I've ever had and from then on it became borderline and unhealthy addiction (laughs) that has carried me all the way through my college and you know young adult years but now I feel like it's a lot more manageable for me um you know it was kind of that initial high that you get with something um but yeah I was just like overnight just like a boom boom addicted I I am now addicted (laughs) Never had a sip of coffee in my life, and at 18, went off the deep end. But thank God for coffee, man. It's gotten me through some of the worst jobs of my life. So, yeah. That's my story. Jenny? Yeah, I am trying to think back, and honestly, so my family's Dutch, which Dutch culture, like tea, is huge. Like tea time, we grew up having tea time with my Oma, and... So I don't really remember exactly like a huge transition. Like I feel like I've always kind of been around caffeine in the sense of like teas and um, I don't, I remember always making my own coffee though. I wasn't huge ever on like Starbucks or anything. I definitely went through phases, Um, but it is crazy to see how my taste for coffee has changed. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, my coffee is not even probably 60% as sweet as it used to be. Mm. I actually enjoy, like, dark, dark brews. Mm. Um, so it is very interesting to see how the taste for coffee changes You're as you get older. Yeah. Maturing. Yes. <laughs> Maturing in your coffee. Like, because can you say you really like coffee if it's, like, no. 90% no, no, milk no. and sugar? That, no. I... <laughs> I'm a believer. Really I'm a coffee? purist. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you have milk and sugar and crap in your coffee, you don't like coffee. Right. You like milk and sugar. <laughs> that, that's With it. With a splash of coffee. With a splash of coffee. True. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, that's why Starbucks became such a unique phenomenon, because they really didn't sell coffee. They no. sold delicious sugary drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they tr- they slid fast food in under the like disguise of coffee. It's a really totally. interesting thing that they've been totally. able to do. They absolutely did, yeah. And for a long time, I think it's probably, probably going away a little bit now, at least in my collective conscious, they were a really cool place, too. Like, they mm-hmm. sold fast food and had a coolness factor to them. That's a that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I never really I think at Starbucks is on its way out though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to call that right now. We're recording like this. It. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> 10 years from now, let's do this. 2018 Haley, Haley called it. Stock tips from Haley. Stock tip. <laughs> Sell your Get stocks now. Guys. Get out now. It is going down right. fast. Invest in Peixoto. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so true, though. I, so I think one of the interesting things about that is um, investing in things is is really what we do with our daily existence, mm-hmm. right? 
And the most valuable thing that we can truly invest is time. Mm -hmm. So invest in Peixoto is, is like invest your, when you're making a decision, spend your time at Peixoto because the people there love what they do and they love the product they deliver you and, and through that transaction, you receive some love back. You might receive a little bit. There, there may be a, some residual love somewhere in a Starbucks coffee, <laughs> but it's certainly less than what you're going to get at Peixoto. So I think uh, really invest your time in the places you go and try to hang out at places that like support you. Right. Because there's there's in every transaction there's more than everything you do there's more than financial transaction. Mm -hmm. I think too often we can get stuck in the idea of. I exchanged this money for you, now you owe me this. No one really owes us anything, right? Like right. we we all know we're we're here to make people happy. Um, and at no point do we ever say, Oh, we owe this person ninety dollars worth of happy. We owe we owe everyone <laughs> happy, right? Like happy is what we owe everybody. And I think that's I think it's a really astute point to just go into where you invest your time is really important. So Absolutely. invest in Peixoto. It doesn't have to be money. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everyone, go sit in Peixoto and don't buy anything. <laughs> just wait. Just bring all your friends there. Party. Bring all your friends they to Peixoto. Care, right? Yeah. No, that's what totally. I'm saying. <laughs> so fun. They will expose everyone to Peixoto. I bring everyone to Peixoto. <laughs> For sure. Even if they don't drink coffee, yeah, I'm like you're gonna get something and it's you're a, gonna like it. It's the Chandler tourist attraction. It really is. <laughs> um, but I think that it's not just Peixoto, right? There's also there's lots of little small places, and I know I know Haley, you you are a frequenter of Uprooted Kitchen, and um, oh yes, I was just there last night. <laughs> What'd you have? I had. Um, they had a special sandwich going on last night, and I had some cheesecake. The salted, salted caramel. caramel. Okay. Oh. Can I we... saw it on Instagram. <laughs> okay. I Good job, Erin. I, I have a confession. I had that for breakfast <laughs> with a scoop of peanut butter on it, and I highly recommend it. So, Uprooted Kitchen, Erin, can we add peanut butter to the salted caramel <laughs> cheesecake? It is off the charts. But exactly, yes. And, like, even with Uprooted Kitchen, like... When I have an opportunity to take somebody out to eat, that is one of my first yeah. places I want to share with them. Yeah. And it's not just because what you get is like phenomenal, but it's Chad and it's Aaron yeah. and it's the experience and it's supporting local, you know, people who put their heart into what they're doing. For sure. Right. And you can like tell when you get that food For out sure. to you, you're like, this was made with some, some love yeah. and talent. Like, yeah. Yeah. For they're sure. they're great and they're great people. They are so great. Invest in great people. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um so while we're on that subject, do you guys have any other do you have any other local places where you like have real human connections with people that you that you frequent? I feel like we go. You lived here girl. forever. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have some connections. So, well, and I feel like just recently, over the past year, I've become more conscious of how important it is to shop small, mm. which is I feel like a thought that people just don't even give because you're so used to going to your local fries or Target. you know all of these franchises. You yeah. don't even really realize 
where you're putting your money, where you're investing your time Mm. because it's just habitual, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, I've just recently begun creating better habits with where I invest my money, where I invest my time. Mm. So I feel like I, you know, try to have good impressions or relationships with everybody that I meet, Mm. but I don't have as many small places. I'm definitely building those now, you know, and I'm, I wish finding how more. important it is. Yeah, I so wish do there was I. more, and that they were more accessible. <laughs> but so yeah. that's the thing, right? Is we have to support the places that are there, right? Because if we don't, there definitely won't be more, right? If- well, right. No, absolutely. <laughs> and then you see it, and then what's the first thing people say? That's not going to last for sure. That's the Without first thing that people say, and why is why is that? We um, I I may have talked about this podcast on a podcast before, but um, like. Three days before we opened, <clears throat> Erica might kill me for this. We went out with uh, Erica's dad and her stepmom, and sat down for dinner. <clears throat> and she spent the entire dinner telling us how vitality would never work. Like, yeah. Thanks for the support, right? <laughs> no, but it's a fear. It's fear it's, people have, it and it's a legitimate fear, right? Um, and I also. There are times when um, you see a place and you say that's not going to work, and you're right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, there's a there's a hard line because if someone could save someone from making a really bad decision, and it could in time when it was um, a valuable point where you could save someone, it's a great thing to do. Um, if if that's not the choice or if they take your feedback and they say that's great this is what i'm going to do then you have to like if you're their friend you have to just fully support them and and love them and just make sure they know that you always have their back but as consumers if we always do the easiest thing if we always order everything we need from amazon Mm -hmm. then we put everyone out of business um and that's that's unfortunate because we lose these little little pockets of culture, and that's why that's why Peugeot is important. That's that's why Uprooted Kitchen is important, is because you can go there and you can see people that you know, not just the people that work there, but the people in your community that we interact with less and less and less because the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need these little hubs. We need these hubs where people can hang out and socialize and interact and meet and make connections. I mean, you look at like all of the really incredible art that came out of uh, early 19th century France, Paris, all of those guys, Monet, like all of those guys hung out in coffee shops. That's how they interacted. That's how they like, that was their currency, mm-hmm. just hanging out in coffee shops. Yeah. And you can kind of start to see that now, like people your guys' age um, are there's less people working in offices, I feel like, in your your age, because it's a tough existence for someone who grew up in this like internet connected world to then be asked to drive somewhere. And they're like, why? Why would I drive somewhere? There's a, there's a we're connected we to a video line. chat. Yeah. <laughs> so you see people working in coffee shops way way more right, now. Right, it's their mm-hmm. office now. It's become an office. Yeah. Um, how many like in your in your social world? How many people have um, gone into like corporate cubicle work? Mm, majority. Really? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
I would say it's like 50-50 for me. Okay. 50-50 with my friends who I wasn't went to college with, you know. Yeah. So. So that's so so that tells me tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> Cuz I look around, I mean, I hang out in these places, so I, I see yeah. this perception. I'm like, look at all these people. They're all doing this weird new working yeah. style. I mean, it's like 1% of everyone. It's like, no, I definitely think it's a, it's a new thing that people my, our age are thriving to do. But again, it's that fear. Mm-hmm. So I said majority of my friends do those corporate jobs. Majority of them also are unhappy doing them, just as I was. You yeah. know, and it, it does, it's fear that takes over. It's a fear of not being able to go back into that field if you try something completely different. It's yeah. the fear of not making enough money. It's There's all these fears yeah. that keeps us from doing what would genuinely make us happy mm-hmm. and would actually you know make us look forward to the day rather than getting stuck in these fear-driven jobs of misery. Yeah. You know, so I feel like it is a trend. It's it's starting to happen more and more, but yeah. it's it's just fear. It all comes down to fear of of being comfortable. Mm. You know. Okay, so you have this. Um, I think there's one there's one really hard and fast rule that would that truly is kind of like the overdriver of our lives that no one pays attention to, which is interesting, and that is the person who. Ex- lives the happiest wins Mm. like we're all searching for happiness um and we all we know happiness when we're connected to happiness we feel really good about it but we've been sold this idea that happiness is completely tied into money like Mm. the the two things are connected and and can't be separated in order for uh the in order to fix a lot of the problems in the world, right? We just, if we all were, if we, if we come up with a solution where everybody just purely pursued happiness, uh, it'd be a very different planet. Probably not going to happen, but it'd be a very different planet. (laughs) How do we, how do we kind of connect into that idea though of how do we shift people more towards the pursuit of happiness and less towards the pursuit of stuff? Like that hits me so hard. That's so everything hard. you just said. Because it's it's so true. It's true and we right. ignore it. Right. <laughs> but then when you have to face it, that's when you have to change and that's mm. when people don't want to. Yeah. Because we can all watch documentaries on Netflix and say, you know, if you watched minimali- <laughs> minimalism, you've seen this, you know, they talk about exactly what you're um, describing. But when people have to change their lifestyle, and that's what Jenny was talking about with the fear. Yeah. It's the fear of changing a lifestyle, you know, and my career path has been teaching yoga. And, uh, you know, I get a lot of like, well, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, that must be so fun. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, really, yeah, I'm privileged to do what I do. But if you really wanted to, you could, but they would have to make lifestyle changes that maybe they don't want to. Yeah. And it's about like, where do you find your happiness? Do you find it in having a really nice car at 22? Mm-hmm. Do you find it out having a house? I know people that are 26 and are buying huge homes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't do that. 
But I mean, I would argue that I'm happier than a lot of my friends who are making a lot more money than I'm making. But I think in answer to your question, it's about being okay with your lifestyle changing and knowing that your happiness is not tied to a lifestyle that you've been told you need to have. Because we've been told, I mean, I I bet you would agree, Jenny, because we're the same age, that you are literally told that you're going to grow up, you're going to have a house, you're going to have these things, and that's what happiness is. And until the narrative changes what people think happiness is is always going to be about financial gain Mm -hmm. and about the things you have because that is what we are told nonstop yeah on tv yeah through social media for sure through just everyday Mm -hmm. interactions with people it's just nonstop. you have done or wish you'd done like what are what are those things that we could that your age group almost my age group could still do (laughs) (laughs) uh I've done some huge things, honestly, in, I just feel like, the past two years. I I mean, I changed my whole career path. Yeah. You know, I was on this path of HR and management and very structured office type, you know, and the business suit thing. And so that was a huge, huge shift for me. And it, it was very fear-driven, you know. I still sometimes have the fear of all the stuff that we were just talking about, you know, not having enough money and, you know, not being able to go back, have a a fallback plan, basically. Um, So there are definitely things that I've just kind of trained myself not to to ponder on because, A, I don't have that control. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And, B, I'm just extremely happy right now in the moment, so I know that I've made the right decision. And along with that just goes other small changes I've made. Um, Changes to, again, be cautious at places that I'm shopping, places I'm investing my time. Um, I've made changes in my friends. Um, I just want to surround myself with extremely positive people. So those are huge changes that I had to make. Um, Because, of course, you have the fear of being alone. You know, finding, you know, people that relate with you. So I have made huge changes and I continue to make huge changes. I, you know, decided to try vegetarian this week. So that's a huge, it's a huge change, you know, and it's interesting when you don't know, I feel like you don't always realize something's a lifestyle change because it's just a choice you're making Mm -hmm. until you're speaking to other people about it. Um, For example, you know, talking to my mom about, the vegetarian thing she just doesn't understand it mm-hmm. so for me I'm like it wasn't really a huge decision you know whereas her some you know someone her age she's like that's a huge decision like why would you make that decision yeah so it's just um, been interesting and I've just made very small changes um, and kind of played with how they've changed me and like you said it's so much easier when you're younger yeah you have that time to see how things are affected and you have time to make changes every single day. Mm. Yeah, I think too it's about like not focusing on just short-term misery for long-term mm. success or yeah. whatever retirement yeah. <laughs> that you may or may not get to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always like, like for example, I'm getting married um, in three months and we've gotten so much backlash of, well, what about, you know, being financially stable, yeah. you know, whatever the, 
Whatever that means. Whatever that means, right? that means. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know what I mean? It's like so many young people are living in misery now so that one day they can reach this point that we're all supposed to get to where we're going to be loaded, we're going to be retired, we're going to be on a yacht somewhere living out our 50s and 60s, you know, so happy supposedly, you know, and it's just like, who wrote that, <laughs> that <laughs> script? Because it's really you know, sad yeah. to see 24 year olds who are working 45 hours a week yeah. so they can have healthcare one day yeah. when they need it. And I'm like, I'm just not about that. You know, I mean, I feel like you, Jenny, I mean, I came from retail where, you know, it wasn't quite like corporate or anything like that. It was still pretty laid back and a fun gig, but I was working every holiday. Mm-hmm. I was working Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve, you know, your hours are all based on what a business needs. It's not based on your lifestyle. And now I feel like I work a job where I am spending more time doing what I like. And it's so funny, because I don't know if you guys feel like this ever, but sometimes you feel like you're doing something wrong because you know, you have you're like- You're enjoying an, it so much. Yeah, you yeah. like have an afternoon off and you're like, you know, everybody else is at work and you're like, oh, right. And you're like, wait, what's wrong with me? And it's like, no, 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 wait, what's right with me? Because everybody else, yes, what's right with my life? Because if I'm happy and I'm like having free time and I have time to pursue what I actually want to do, that's what everybody should have, you know? And again, I just want to say it's a privilege what, you know, having that. Not everybody has the opportunity for it, but if you have the opportunity for it and you pass it up, like, why? Why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, So this short term, long term thinking thing. Um, I stole this idea from Benjamin Franklin, I think. And was he the Philadelphia guy? Was he in Philadelphia? Benjamin Franklin, I think sure. so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he did this thing. I think he. I think what he did is he put like five hundred dollars in um, in a trust, and it was it couldn't be cashed in for like hundred plus years, and um, he just did it to the city, and it ended up being like a five million dollar donation just because of the occurred interest over time. And I was, it was actually, while Erica was teaching Yoga Vibe last night, I was just looking at ways that you could leave a, a really impactful legacy. And if you, uh, at the end of your life, you donated $10,000 to a cause um, and said that they, they, couldn't, they couldn't cash it in, you could get 3% return on it for 300 years. It's $73 million that you can make in a donation. That would be impactful. And I think if we look at if we look at uh, how we want to impact the world, if you only care about the time that you're here on this planet, then there's no reason to do something like that. But if you if you're looking at like meaning something, um, and and you everyone should do this. Like it could be a hundred dollars at the end of your life. You write a check and you just say, in the future, this cause can cash this in. Because the, the accurate interest that happens over time and the, the exponential compounding factors are just so ridiculous that it's, it's crazy not to do. We, yeah. we could solve all of these problems, historically solve all these problems, if people are willing to look in the future and not have everything be about us right now. And right. guess what? You know, as Chris and Jared say... We're, we're going to die. All of us, all of us are going to die. We're going to go away. Everyone you know is going to die. Everyone's going to go away. And it's um, not fun to think about, but it's reality. Mm, yeah. So our existence is very short. 
the planet's going to die at some point. <laughs> the, the universe is going to die at some point. Right. Like these, these things are hard to compute, but they are going to happen, and we um, can't change that. Mm. So what are the things that we can do that can, that can change things? And I think when you're dead, you don't need money. So why not, why not um, set these things up? And I just, I, I, I would encourage everyone to do this. Just set it up so that it happens and pick a cause because Erica's thing, and I think it's a, a common thought, her immediate response was, well, I don't even know if things are going to be there in 300 years. And we don't. And if they're not, who cares? Then right, right. It, it was the same. <laughs> it was the same either yeah. way. Either you did something great or you didn't. Right. That's it. Um, so I really, the long term, the flipping of the short term to long term thinking is really important. And it's, um, I think, I think short term versus long term thinking is part of the huge uh, divide in the, the country right now. Mm. Right. And right. if we could just, um, I think everybody, everybody, 99.9% of people want something good, right? There's not a lot of people out there who are just like, I want to ruin everyone's day today. <laughs> right. We just think that we get there in different ways. And that's... Um, it's also about being present, though. You know what I mean? Because sure. yeah. you, if you are really present in a moment of interaction with people, and I know you're huge on this because we've talked about this so many times, yeah. even at the studio... I think that we're too goal-oriented in like just our culture and our society. Yeah. And so in the goal, in the like, in the journey of getting to this end destination that you may never get to, all of these moments where you could help yeah. are lost yeah. because you are so focused on like, even for me, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have a lot to give people financially, yeah. okay? But I have my time, I yeah. have my interactions daily yeah. I have you know whatever little amounts of extra money I have here and there and if you really take those little moments they add up over For a sure. lifetime without a doubt you know so it's like what you're saying with like thinking about the long term I and I don't think you have to be one or the other like we don't have to just be in the present we don't have to just For be in sure. the future you can find that middle ground I think of just being present in every moment and you'll get to a better future mm -hmm. instead of being so in the future that the present sucks well and so the trick about being in the future and, and we've talked about this the trick about being in the future is um guess what you're never going to get to wherever your goal is because the moment you get to your goal your goal post gets moved right so you set up i want to hit this financial salary well you hit that salary and you just want the next salary no you're right. never like Cool, I'm done. Yeah. Right. Checked out. When you I tap out. <laughs> I can firsthand attest to that, you know? Yeah. I, you know, back when I was working like corporate, I thought I would be happy with, say, $40,000 a year. Mm -hmm. I wasn't because I was doing more work. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I deserved more. Mm -hmm. And it's not even about how much money, it's like I started making worse decisions. Because I wasn't appreciative of that income because sure. it's just it was just there for sure, you know And so yeah, I can definitely attest to that. It's you're never Satisfied which is so sure. crappy right and the people that are working the most are the ones who say are saying they're broke Yeah, <laughs> and you're like wait, how are you? How? 
you know I have that so many times with people yeah. and it's not that they're broke it's that their goal is higher than where they're at and or the what lifestyle they lifestyle they want is more than what they have mm-hmm. so that's why there's this perceived like I don't have what I need you know yeah. I don't have everything that I should yeah and it messes it's you up. It's that difference it's just, between need and want. It's like running on a wheel. It's just never stopping. It's, a, it's until exactly you die. Like running on a wheel. Yeah, and and the, it's like running on a wheel where the where, you, as you get faster, as you get better at running, the wheel starts spinning faster, and it just it's catch con- constantly, constantly, and you're you're never gonna win that game. Mm-hmm. So, that's the root of a lot of unhappiness is just tr- playing a game that you, inherently can't win. Uh, because the faster your legs move, the faster the wheel moves. So right. we're playing a broken game right now. Um, and I think it's like both of you, are, I, li- I love the fact that you've in, in many ways already recognized that, right? Like you're, you're playing a different game than the majority of people. Yeah. Um, and that's fun. Like <laughs> <laughs> playing a different game is fun. And, it, and it's also brave because um, it's easy it's easy to, to follow crowds. So if you if you go to airports, you can see this really uh, acutely, and I, <laughs> I, I recommend this in a in a really fun like scientific way. Just go to go to the airport and just just watch the flow of traffic. People go where the most people are, not where the least people are. Yeah. So you can see security lines like six security lines across, and one will have twice as many people as the one on the other end for no other reason than that's just where people go and there's no one like willing to look five rows down and be like i could just walk right up right there (laughs) um totally so being able to like how we elevate how we how we lift ourselves up from that herd mentality and start to look around Mm -hmm. at, at different perspectives and i think one of the things that's cool about vitality is everybody that's here is like lifting themselves up. They're looking at really different things. And it's just because we do really different things. So you have to be, you have to be willing to try unique things to, to make it a vitality. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys have been here like seven months, eight months, nine months. Where are we at right now? I'm at almost a year now. Are we year round? My year anniversary is, Next month. Is it? All right. right. I got yeah. Hired. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. I and I feel like, sorry, and I don't mean to cut you off at all, but I feel like since I've been in the vitality world, it has pushed me to do what you're saying, you know, going against the grain, I guess yeah. you could say it, um, more and more, because I think you still need other people. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can say, oh, it's fine if you don't go with the crowd, you know, I'm more of a loner, or whatever you are is fine, but you need community and you need other people, because that's what, like, boosts you up enough to make the changes you need to make, you know what I mean? So, like, having other people who are choosing to, like, have a lifestyle like yours, or who even just have the same thoughts you have or like can hold a conversation like we're having right here like that just pushes you to be able to live another day not going into the mundane things that everybody else is doing Mm -hmm. it's it's a hundred percent um my experience too Mm -hmm. i used to be a person that was like my goal in life 
was to buy an island and live there <laughs> by myself. That was it. Wow. And um, the experience of, of having Vitality uh, be a part of my life, like open the door to this community concept. And this community concept, I promise you, is going to become more and more important in Vitality's world because the Vitality community is so special. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really like that you that you've connected to that same concept. That's yeah. that's fun because mm-hmm. it is. It's just a unique group of people that um, make life really fun. Like yes. really lucky to know the vitality community. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, with with this time here, with with your almost year and your almost, it's got to be then like ten months. Yeah, you were right behind June, me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what has been the most surprising portion of being here? Mm-hmm. That's hard. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many surprising portion. Oh, gosh, I think the most surprising for me. Oh, would be like what I was just saying, the connections. Yeah. Because I thought when I left my other job, I was leaving all these friendships. And, you know, I had so many people. I'd been there for so long. You know, I felt like I was in some way like downgrading because we're so much smaller than what I'd been a part of. But what I've gained, um, what I've gained more than just, you know, like the everyday activities and the benefits of the job and the getting to go and do yoga classes you know because I already kind of had that where I was previously um I think the connections you know like with whether it be students or you guys and everything I've learned and just like all of the extra things I've gained um I did not expect that yeah for sure I thought I thought I'm going from you know this huge thing and now I'm going to this small thing so that's another you know, per- perception that's mm-hmm. really common. You're downsizing. You sure. hear people say a lot yeah. when they're going from a lot of things to a little bit. But yeah. I, I think that descriptor is so, ugh, I just don't like it because I feel like I've gained so much in going to something. It's kind of like yeah, smaller, I guess you could say. It's kind of like um, if you had a house that was full of junk stuff, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. stuff or junk, but it's full of things. You get rid of it. Your house doesn't get smaller. You have more space, right? Like, and it's just the same thing with your brain when you like downsize from a bunch of BS, and then you only have the BS that I put into your lives. (laughs) (laughs) Valuable, (laughs) valuable BS. (laughs) There's more space in your brain, right? So this, we we can really clear out like clutter in our lives in lots of different ways, and I Mm -hmm. think the brain portion of clearing out the clutter is probably the most important. Mm, yeah. Because if you still have brain clutter, it'd be very unlikely that you could get rid of house clutter, still have brain clutter, and not end up back in that same situation. Right. Um, yeah. Anything sure. stick out for you, Jenny, on surprises? Um, I am just honestly very surprised at how happy I am, um, just as a whole, because I am... A very work-driven person I always have been I like pleasing people you know I like putting on a good presentation all that good stuff so I think my biggest thing is just 
I every single day I just am very happy like it's it's actually takes a huge effort for me to be upset or sad and that's huge I just I remember any of my old jobs just always being in a wave of emotions whether it's you know lacking energy or lacking um, support or sleep you know I just was always lacking something so my biggest surprise is just how whole that I feel as a person which has so many contributions from vitality but that's really my biggest surprise is just how how fulfilling this has been for me because cool. I didn't have you know I tried not to have any expectations because it is yeah, I was going into something totally different you know I kind of did expect to be a little like bored you know and I just haven't I've been so happy I look forward to coming to work every single day and that's such a gift to be able to say let me tell you because <laughs> I would make myself physically sick thinking about going into work. That's how much I hated my job. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible place to be. Terrible. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who, who have been there are currently there and, and like we've talked about this whole time feel stuck. Yeah. And I, um, I'm going to share this last thing and we're running out of time, but, um, I think one of the things, one of the more brilliant things that someone said to me once was, if everything in your life goes terribly wrong, just move to a beach town and be homeless. Mm. Like, that that might not be that bad. Right? I know. Like, it doesn't sound too bad. Like, I think we we forget, like, we we get so stuck in these things. Um... And there are lots of there are lots of little like tips on on how you could make that existence really really manageable and really um, fulfilling. But the, just that's hanging out on the beach all day. That's what that's like. People dream about that. Right. Like you could just go do that. Right. Right. <laughs> that's a real option. Right. So if if everything falls apart in your life, like try that out. You might love it. Right. I just I, I think that's really really valuable advice. So <laughs> that's my last bit. Last yeah. last question for both of you. Do you have any questions for me? What does your day look like, Patrick? <laughs> you answered this on the podcast with Erica, didn't you? Yeah. Was that the first question? Okay. It was a question. It was a question yeah. they asked. That Reina and Andrew asked you. Yeah. But what does it look like now? Because yeah. I'm sure you seem like someone who it would change on the regs. Yeah. Yeah. I always am changing. Um, so one of the things, one of the things that I've gotten significantly better at um, since the since the podcast with Erica and I was um, leaving the phone completely off in the morning. So I've been able to put that that portion of my life away I've gotten better at the end of the day shutting that thing off my goal is as the sun goes down um, no more no more phone time um, yeah. Gosh. and then when I wake up my my new uh, my new goal is to get in a yoga nidra before I connect to the internet so um, I posted this on, on Instagram, on my Instagram the other day. It was like this huge shift in my heart rate variability and my uh, resting heart rate. So my resting heart rate went significantly down and my heart rate variability went 
uh, up by like 70%. Um, and it was purely attributed to just a, a weekend of, of yoga nidring. So that's become this really, really important thing for um, me. Get in a yoga nidra. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I have this scheduled amount of time where I respond to emails. Then I have open podcast time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're working on a lot of a lot of things behind the scenes right now that I'm just super excited to someday get to share with the world. <laughs> but um, those are that's that's what my day away from here looks like. And then I just get to come here and love people all day. Mm-hmm. Right? It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anything, Jenny? I have even more. I know. I'm like, I, I always have questions for you. Serious. <laughs> I, I um, It's very rare that you meet somebody that you can thoroughly just kind of trust what they have to say. So that's, it's very rare. You know, mm. it's, it's a gift that you have for sure. Just being so full of information um but I just I'm very curious as to like where you came from because I've just heard and like seen little bits and pieces and I know that you came from a completely different world as well Mm. you know like bodybuilding and stuff as Mm. far as I know so did you what made you shift was 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 there a desire before you even met Erica or how did you start? Yeah. Um, so like all uh, very stubborn people, I had to get hit by the truck to shift. So mm-hmm. I have I was actually just talking about this um, with a group of guys at Peixoto. And from the looks on their faces, they had a very difficult time believing that this actually happened. But <laughs> I lived through it, so I know it did. Right. Um, when I first got sick, which was... Um, timelines are bad for me it was it was more than a decade ago I um, was at 195 pounds and I was very lean too lean Um, and I was I worked out I was at the gym like six hours a day so I had this like really interesting lifestyle where um, if you looked at all of the like abilities um in a human all of my abilities were kind of like firing at red line so it's like i could work out all the time i didn't have to sleep i could remember everything i could learn anything i could work i could all these things are just firing red line and then instantaneously they stopped and i was bedridden for essentially the next two years in the first i would say 30 to maybe 60 days, I lost 65 pounds. So I went from 195 to 135. Oh my, my body just shriveled up. Um, I could not, I could not feel rest. I could not make new memories. Um, so there's just this whole couple years of my life that I don't really have a real strong yeah. connection to because I my brain wasn't working my body wasn't working um, I was probably pretty close to dying if you think about <clears throat> losing that much tissue there's something catastrophically wrong in yeah. your body that it's ca- ca- that it's cannibalizing um, 
your tissue at that rate. At that point, I still felt like sometime I was just going to flip the switch back on and I was going to be me again. And then after a couple hundred thousand dollars of doctor bills and tests and things that never progressed me at all, I started to come to the realization that I'm probably not going to find a switch. There's probably not going to be a thing that just makes me feel better again. So then I started to seek out things that could incrementally fill my cup more or less. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's how I found yoga. Just, um, I couldn't, I didn't have the strength to work out anymore. And I tried so many times. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you um, but it, it became very, very, very obvious to me that by pushing myself, I was only hurting my recovery. I was only hurting my ability to get well again. And um, I did restorative yoga every single day for two years. And it, it helped immensely. Um, it, was, it was just one of those things where it really made me, it made me feel better. Yeah. Um, and that was, that's how I found yoga. Um, it wasn't to, I, zero percent into yoga tricks, wasn't interested in standing on my head. The only thing I wanted to do was feel just a little bit better. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. Window in. Rat. And then everything fell into place. And then everything fell into place. Here we are today. Right? <laughs> cool. Well, um, thank you guys. You're the best. Thank you. Thanks. We'll uh, have to do this again sometime. We have these short windows to get you both together. <laughs> How we'll chat soon. Peace. Peace. <laughs> so that's becoming legendary with Haley and Jenny. Uh, They're just two really, really bright souls, really insightful minds. And uh, if you haven't spent some time getting to know them, I strongly encourage you to interact with both of them more. They um, will definitely bring new and fun insights into your world. That's it for this week. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks with some really fun stuff. Talk to you then. Peace.